friends! Welcome to episode 205 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level, I am Sarah. And I am Rob. How are we doing today, Rob? I have a little bit of a cough, so I'm hoping it doesn't come across. I Like, a, something tickled me, and I have now have, like, that drainage thing going on. Put some honey in I know. your tea. I will put some honey in my tea. But I've all has, I have my, my uh, lozenges as well, just to, to help all cut right. that edge a little right. bit. But, all right, Yeah. yeah. It's <coughs> just, since dinner, it's just been right there at the edge of things. Weather's been a bit crazy. It really has been. It was 70-something today. It was, like, 75 today. It was we had currently a tornado 64. watch today in yes. the area. Yes. Nothing much more than a few rumbles of thunder and some weird spots of rain. Yeah, but but uh, part of the country got hit hard yesterday. Um, Missouri definitely felt it. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping that there are people recovering well there. I know there there weren't. Yep, Um, yep, yep. And that Iowa got hit with some crazy, crazy hail. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw some pictures of that, and even the western side of the state got hit with some hail this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully nothing too damaging. But yeah, we hope everybody is doing okay. The weather has been... Nutty to say the least. Yeah, yeah but it always, um, so it screws with you know people's sinuses. Oh Vicky, god, yeah. Vicky's down with a migraine today. Yeah, that was just, that was yeah. not good. That was definitely not good. So like that. Um, yeah. On the, on a side note, we have a sponsor tonight. We do. We actually do. Uh, uh, actually, it's the first time. First time we've had the uh, privilege of a sponsorship. Uh, so we'd like to take a moment to uh, talk about uh, our our sponsors tonight, Sons of the Singularity. Um, they've got a new Kickstarter coming out called Blessed and the Blasphemous. This is a Call of Cthulhu book. That takes place in North Africa just before World War II. Um, it's of course published by Sons of the Singularity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I watched some of the some of the promo material for it, and it is it's really well done. And... Well, it's Call of Cthulhu, and it's like it, it, there's a lot of elements to it. Yeah, and I, I like that. It's it feels creepy yeah very just, very steeped in in the history yeah. of the time and the location and such like that yeah, yeah yeah um these guys are uh sons of singularity they're they're actually known for uh doing a lot of well-researched call of cthulhu books mm-hmm. very although much so. they have published for other game systems um i did a little research on this they, they do, they've done stuff for dungeons and dragons fifth edition mm-hmm. uh gumshoe yes yes and uh their fifth edition stuff actually also looks like it's dual published for the lore rules yeah set. i'm not very familiar with lore but i've heard of it but so. Hey, so, yeah. it's 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 definitely out there, and it shows a lot of different you know cross uh, pollination with their uh, uh, with their rule system. And they're very national. They actually are multinational, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they produced some of their books out of China for a period of time. And a little known fact, if you go and look into it a little yep. bit, their Sassoon Files book got basically the moment it was printed burned by the Chinese government. By the Chinese government, yeah. There was a setting in there um, about Shanghai. Yeah. And I, I think they maybe weren't too complimentary of Shanghai and its well, history. I, I think they, they saw Shanghai, they saw history, they were like, oh, this isn't a pr- you know, this yeah. isn't produced by us, so let's just get rid of this. Right, right. But they, it was like, the, like, they got notice that the books were done, and like, the publishers had pictures, like, here's our proof, everything's finished, and like, hours later, they're like, yeah, remember how we sent you that? Um, they're burned. All of them are gone. <laughs> <laughs> now the good the good news is though is that they were later able everything to, was still uh, taken they care. got a full refund they found an out of out of out of country uh uh publisher for it yep. 
uh, and were able to deliver on that. And that's that's really the other big thing too is that uh, they're very well known for delivering on their yes, Kickstarter. Very much so. Even much through so. things like getting their entire print burned by the government, which, which says a lot. Which <laughs> it, definitely says a it, lot. It does. That's a pretty huge setback, but they they persevere through it. So uh, thank you, Sons of the Singularity, for uh, for sponsoring yeah, us we, tonight. We hope and... your Kickstarter kicks off well. Please uh, check our uh, Instagram links um, and uh, the stuff. Uh, we we actually have a couple links within the postings channel on our discord as well mm-hmm. and our twitter go check it out take a look at it i think it goes live in just a few days yeah like we're we're, we're within the day's window so you've got the preview uh, the stuff. seventh i thought i saw yeah see so, yeah see that I, I, I my brain is off on dates right now so i don't want to say the wrong one but it's listed in our twitter mm-hmm. it's also listed in our instagram there's some photo work up there but go check them out please yeah especially for a fan of call of cthulhu uh it's uh, looking really great yeah definitely so, show tonight. Show tonight is different. It's a two o two, so it's still educational. Um, but one of the things that I had brought this up to Sarah was is that I wanted to start doing some like workshop ideas where we would live workshop something on the show. Not so much doing what we traditionally were teaching about it, but where we break that down and show you what it would mean. So tonight, particularly, we're going to be talking about session zero prompts. Now, we did a show about this um, a while back, and I, I didn't write down the show number, and I feel terrible that I didn't do that. Um, I think I put I put a link to it in here, but I, I don't know if it says the link. It doesn't have it in there. No, this is um, the last draw. Clean out your desk and be gone by, by eight. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, the idea being that we would come to the table. Both of us have no idea, but mm-hmm. we both have... A, a idea for a game. We have a system in mind, mechanics behind it, and kind of a theme and setting. And then we're going to each individually then help each other workshop through what that prompt and treatment would look like, how it would be presented to the players. Uh, aff- yeah, effectively, uh, at the session zero, what the... Um, what the Star Wars crawl looks like. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you turn a jumble of ideas that looks kind of like it could be the start of a game into a cohesive session zero that leaves the players understanding what their role in the story is, mm-hmm. what the group's role in the story is, what their yep. relationship to one another is, and sets them on the right path from session one. Yep. And and funny enough, I had two ideas, and then right before the show, literally as I'm getting the pre-roll going, I'm like, I have another idea. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that one because it's super fresh. I have nothing flushed out about it. Sure, sure. And it's it's pretty raw. Um, and I know you said you wanted me to start so that we could we could roll right into yeah, this. Yeah, you, you had a little bit more structured idea of how you wanted this discussion to go. So yeah. I just wanted you to start to kind of show me what you, you know... Where, well, I'll let your you formatting idea when I'll let you set up tea it. and I will present them. All right. All, all right. right. So the idea behind go, once again, once again, we're going to remind you yes. this is blind. Neither yes. of us have any idea what the other person is not going a clue, to say. not a clue. And especially in this one, I don't think you'd ever would have figured this one out. Okay. So the idea that I had behind this one and where the inspiration comes from is uh, Wing Commander and Battleship Yamato. Okay. So spacefaring, military, uh, like uh, uh, super carrier. Okay. Okay. That's okay, out okay. there in the blackness of space. Okay. So the idea is that like a little, a little Battlestar Galactica, maybe. Yeah, uh, but not so dark. Sure. Not, okay. not as dark as that. Where like, oh my god! You actually throw some of that honey in mine if oh, you don't yeah. mind. Oh, wait, um, let me pour my tea first because that's what yeah, gets. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, just just go ahead. Make everyone deaf too. Oh, <sighs> and now you're just making mistakes. You're the one that will fill the tea. I always do. 
so anyways, the, so the, the whole premise behind this, uh, or, or feeling behind this is basically like, okay, we are, we are in the 25th or 28th century, you know, mankind has come together as a planet and created the unified hegemony of earth. Okay. Right. And we've pushed out into space, but in doing so now there are factions and groups that have spread to the stars using the, the various, you know, sublight and light drives that are out there, uh, that have been produced and are doing things that, you know, are not necessarily what the hegemony wants, uh, or, or what they'd agreed to. And so the, uh, United Earth Hegemony Navy is what's out in space and their new flagship, uh, carrier, uh, is the Paladin. And this is the story of the Paladin. Okay. And that's, that's the, the thing. And so the theme is basically like one ship against the odds kind of a thing, Okay. but it's, it's, it's a carrier, so it's it's a whole life on its own. Um, but I kind of wanted also like the I go out and come back from space. You know, it goes out, it docks at various places, but it's it is a carrier. It is a, a world onto its own, but it it can't sustain forever. Obviously, sure, sure, sure. You know, so that's that's the 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 idea behind this one okay what are okay. your questions so so hit me up with uh hit me up with the storyteller side questions so we can get this ironed out a little bit all right so so big big obvious question then sure. is what is the role of the players here obviously we're looking at a military type setting so mm -hmm. we're probably going to be soldiers of some sort or are you looking for more crewmen amidst the 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 soldier you know lifestyle of more slice of life sort of stuff so i'm i'm seeing this as like everyone is a is part of the military crew okay. so you might have pilots you might have helmsmen you might have communications officers you also might have technicians or a medic or or even intelligence officers right okay. who are all part of this crew i wasn't necessarily thinking that we would have like lore masters or like civilians who are there as well sure everyone would be under the umbrella of the millet uh, the navy that, okay. that that this is the so there's there's a rank and file within it and everyone has a position within that okay uh and then so along with that then i i presume you're going to be giving us some sort of like military command structure and mm -hmm. that like we will have a commander that will be like you are the our away team correct we need you to go handle problem x y or z sure sure or something's happening on the ship and you need to pull resources to do this and these are the okay. people involved it's the night crew like all of those are available options okay okay, okay like okay. i'm not wanting to go to the hijinks level of like night crew you know on the ship you know it's like night crew does what they want you know i don't want to go to that level right, right. I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of this is um this is more modular in the way that uh the uh the tv shows tend to be so you're seeing a snapshot in time it's not event to event okay you know okay. kind of a thing as well so that uh it's very much like we finish this and then it might be a month later we might be in dock somewhere and leaving to go somewhere, and that's where the story starts. Or it might be red alert goes off, and you guys are, you know, we are now at battle ready, and something's happening. Right, okay. You know, okay, in okay. media res kind of stuff. Uh, how much, um, how much this is going to be, like, action, and how much this is going to be, like, focused on our characters and such like that? I think that's going to be a question for the players. Okay. Um, because... I could go either way. Mm -hmm. So if they want a lot of action, we can lean into the action and the characters can create action-oriented characters. Uh, if they want to go with more of, like, the action happens and then 
you're dealing with what's happening on the ship mm-hmm. and and the the reper, you know repercussions that happened there um we could do that as well or a mix 50-50 either would work okay i okay. think it comes down to kind of like how they're seeing it i i could accept it either way okay okay um so uh overall tone of this mm-hmm. i know you you mentioned your your big inspirations are yamato and um wing commander and wing commander yeah uh, i will be dead honest with you i am not intimately familiar with either of those i know of them right in just the sci-fi zeitgeist but so think 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 very um uh heroic military uh defense force kind of feel okay so you we're know. looking at an uplifting sort of go get them yeah. bug hunt we are the big yeah. heroes yeah i of. mean you could you could look at it from a starship troopers kind of point of view as well but with, with, a, with a, less fascism with way less fascism and a lot less infighting yeah you know where it's like you know hey you need to fight your way up and then that's way you the way you gain my respect kind of a thing but presumably it's it's going to be it's going to be us doing big heroic things and being the victors at the end of the day yes sort of very much so not without his trials and tribulations correct. there's but... definitely going to be, and the thing is is that death is going to have meaning yeah. so like there will be funerals for you know pilots who die or or sure, moments sure. that happen you know things like that will have a deep impact on the story and and cause uh cause ripples okay so uh all right so what systems were you thinking then i was actually thinking stars without number Okay. Because okay. it kind of already gives me a way to build a universe with a, a good framework and is spacefaring designed. Yeah, that's very Like, it's fair. got all the movement and everything. It takes care of all those mechanics. I don't have to make anything up. That's very fair. Which are often sometimes the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just literally plop down some pre-created stuff that's already out there and I'm already done with half of my work effort. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, now this is just coming from someone who knows stars out number, um, at least as a, as a, as a relative acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Um, are you worried that the OSR nature of stars without number will undercut your, um, your goal of this being a heroic story? No, because I think, um, there's some dialing that can be done there. Um, in, in the sense that, uh, Heroes don't have to die. Heroes can get knocked down, dragged out, things like that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if a player feels they need to go and some, and they'll pick up another, because it's a ship. There, there could be other people in the wing. There could be other things like that. So there are definite ways to handle those kinds of deaths and and movement if if it fits the story well. Okay, that's a that's a very good that's a good answer. I think. Um. All right, and I think my last question as a potential player in this hypothetical setting uh, would be – I had it, and it was on the tip of my tongue, and then it went away. Um, Oh, yes. Uh, Are you thinking of running this more episodic or more as a long, single-plot sort of campaign? So originally, uh, when the idea hit me, it was – I was thinking very much of this would have a finite run. Okay. So there would be a – an inciting incident mm-hmm. that would lead to a couple adventures that would lead to the story that would close the story with a, with the heroic ending. Okay. And, and obviously leave it open to go do more. Like if this adventure, like if you, Hey, do you guys want to go out on another outing, you know, but the ship returns and you know, there's fanfare and things like that kind sure, of a thing sure, sure. at the end of it. 
But we're, it's end of season one. If we decide to do Correct. a season two, we can renew the show. Yeah. Correct. And there's information that would lead on to other options, clearly. Right on. Right so, on. Okay. Um, and just to, you know, uh, as an idea that, like, uh, that there's a there's a general feeling that there is unrest. Mm-hmm. In, you know, obviously that that's why these ships are being put out there. So, so the question then remains is, what does this generate for us as a prompt? From 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 the standpoint of how do we boil all of that down into a uh, into couple a, of sentences? Into a couple of sentences. Yeah, this is the hard part. <laughs> um, I would say it's the heroic tale of a uh, a military crew aboard a uh, a galactic fleet carrier, um, voyaging out into. Uh, into the unknown to be one ship standing against uh, uh, overwhelming odds. Okay. And then I think from there, you know, you can you can field the questions about, okay, well, is this focused on the characters or the, you know. Right. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, part of me wanted to flavor it up even more than that, but mm-hmm. I, I, like, at the same time, I almost want to dial that back and let the players fill in the blanks like what is the threat out there right 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 is it is it obviously bandits mm-hmm. you know that are that are part of some faction that created are we dealing with civil unrest are we dealing with that those are the types of things that would be added so whatever the stepping into the unknown is uh comes back as okay what is the players what do the players recognize as the unknown and that could be filled out in many ways by who they are mm-hmm like, what's your backstory? Like, how did you get here? Were you, maybe you were a belter. Maybe you were a, a Mars person. Maybe you were a whatever. And you grew up through the unrest and saw the, you know, the hegemony as uh, as the united force that was doing the right thing. At least it was one direction, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I could see players creating those types of characters at the same time as I could see people being like, no, 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 this is... This is the, like, fascist force, but that's not, like, everybody thought it was, and it isn't. Like, mm-hmm. this this one ship is not the fascist force, you know? Whereas, like, Star Trek loves to do that. Mm-hmm. We're like, this is an exploratory ship. We're not a fighting ship, but don't don't test us, <laughs> kind of a thing. Like People talk, talk about the Enterprise like it ain't got guns. What do you think it did? Sold them all because it stays well off? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It can separate its saucer if it wants to. Oh, it can, yeah. <laughs> but they, and that's the whole thing is is that like this ship is obviously the flagship to do these types of things that go out there and not need like a destroyer to follow it or some other class. It can handle itself. And my my initial thought was there's some people out there who want to test that. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, if we can test this, that'll put an edge against everyone yeah yeah and so the only thing that i added in there that i would probably put at the end is and it's it's made maiden voyage and there are some people who want to make that voyage rocky one or not to come back Ooh, so conspiracy so so there's an edge to it of like okay is there a conspiracy or is it just there's some bad people out there who really just want this to be to not go well Mm -hmm. for the for the hegemony so okay okay not bad? No, not bad. Not bad okay. at all. All right. All right. I I feel that it's a complete story. I feel it has all the components it needs. 
I, I think stepping into session zero, there's going to be a lot of lines and veils, especially with uh, people talking about conflict. Yeah. Like, it, you know, we're dealing with a ship. What types of things are not going to be okay, you know, for you guys to, to have? Like, do you not want me to describe what happens in the vacuum of space when something depressurizes? Right, right. Like, don't go into detail. Just we know compartment seven got depressurized. Mm hmm. And that area got sealed off, and that was an engineering wing. Yeah, yeah. Things happened. You know, tomorrow there's going to be funerals, but today we got to take care of the problem. Yeah, and I think I think a good a good discussion about lines and valves is uh, is 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 important for all session zeros. Um, yeah, because it's one of those things. Like I always, I I never really thought about my own lines and valves until we started having like in depth discussions of them and. I'm realizing with every passing game session, I have a few. You do. Because there there have been moments where I've I've gotten, like, uncomfortable at the table, not enough to X-card it, but, mm -hmm. like, okay, this scene, this scene can go on for exactly two more minutes, you know? Yeah, and the good news is, is that, <clears throat> and, and I'll say this, as a storyteller, we pick up on our players, mm -hmm. and we, we skirt the edges of things without asking. And I think that does a disservice to the session zero because if you know for instance mm -hmm. like one of our players does not handle water and drowning that is never going yep. to be anything that can ever be in a game that they are involved in we can have water right nobody can nobody can suffer from the water though and absolutely big hell no on describing mm -hmm. or making drowning noises yep. or anything like that i told that very that particular player i may have water as, as as a feature, it will never ever be a hazard to you. Right. There will never be anything lurking under that will drag you under or anything like that. Right. It will be an obstacle to be avoided. But by but by not discussing that in mm -hmm. the session zero, by just having that assumption or side talking, yeah, you are doing a disservice to the other players who might need to discuss the same types of things. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important that as you learn your players, that you can openly discuss. At the session zeros, what is it going to be avoided, and why? And you know the other the other thing. If I if I can get up on my soapbox here uh, for a little bit, since since we're on top, I'll go about set it here. Zeros, here you go. All right. Um, is I I see a lot of online discussions of like lines and veils and stuff like that. Um, where a problem will come up in like game four, you know, mm -hmm. and and a a player will get very uncomfortable at the table and they're like, I have to quit the campaign now or something like that. And I'll see a lot of very bad takes online of like, well, that should have been discussed during session zero. If they had a problem with it, they should have told you that during session zero. Or you told them during session zero that, you know, this was going to be a thing. So they, they don't have any right to be uncomfortable about that or something like that, you know? Um, it's a very juvenile way of looking at, uh, of this, this or that. Yeah. The, the, so I, I just want to like say to all of our listeners that the comfort of your friends at your table is not something that starts and ends at session zero. It is an ongoing conversation in every interaction, both in game and out of game. And like I said, these are your friends at the table. Mm -hmm. And if they are feeling uncomfortable, stop doing what you're doing. That's making them uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't care if it's a core integral part of your plot or whatever. I don't care if you discussed it and discussed it in session zero and they said they were fine with it. And then, you know, no is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. So don't yeah. don't don't be like that. Don't be that guy. And it, there's a certain sense of of understanding that 
you are hosting something and when you are presenting something and communicating that has a you're setting a level of trust and in that trust there's respect there's responsibility mm -hmm. and you have to remember that in that it's it's creating an inviting envir environment that can be enjoyed by all yeah. and making minor adjustments to your story or helping others to make minor adjustments to the story because it may not just be you, mm -hmm. you know, to make it comfortable and move through the story is nothing. It is it is minor. If you can't be that, if you can't be comfortable enough to make those adjustments, you need to look at how you're, who you are for running stories. Yep. Yep. And and I I will be hard on that one. I will I will stand on that that rock. And die on that hill. Yep. Because it is most important to have that communication and to feel comfortable at being who you want to be in that second skin. Mm -hmm. And if you if you can't create that environment to be able to enjoy that, then you are violating the basic components of what role-playing as a group is. Agreed. So Agreed. Yeah. All right. Soapbox time is over. Soapbox time is over. I think I uh, I have a pitch for you. Well, hold on. Okay. I want I want to throw a few more oh, okay, things at okay, the end okay, of this. Okay. So we've we've got this prompt. All right. Sure. 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 What do we think the Melkron would look like for this? Oh, the maiden voyage of the Paladin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Because I'm thinking, like, my first thought is, like, I can hear them saying, "Well, we need to test the engines and like go through." the first abled tests of the system, right? And that's kind of a thing, but it's going to require, depending on the people, all kinds of different events that could occur. Um, I mean, I, I can see a couple different couple different ways of going with this. Um, the first one I'm thinking of is uh, actually like a... Um, like a training mission, like a war games, a war, a war game. Yeah, yeah. I, I where, love where the like, idea. We're gonna give you a swarm of drones that simulate bandits, right? And you need to just repel them. All it's you know, no live ammunition, anything like that. It's just uh, like a show off, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it's just an elaborate game of laser tag. But uh, yeah. we're gonna see. We're gonna see if the crew of the Paladin can get its crap together and fend off. See, you know, like I'm now thinking of like not Mikhail's navy. Uh, Paris or down Periscope. Okay, where they like challenge him to get in and torpedo like this makeshift boat that's in a harbor, but he's got to get through like all of this uh, destroyers and shit like that and sneak his way in. Uh -huh. Something like that, where this like, oh, you know, this other you know n n naval you know uh, rear admiral is just like, so the paladin's going out for his first maiden voyage. Let's make it a deal. I'm going to set the uh, the war games to that day as well. I think you'll join us on this one. Well, we haven't tested the engines out. Oh, that shouldn't be a problem for you, Captain. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, boy. So we're not only is it our maiden voyage of testing everything, you know, beyond the engineering tests. But, but... there's the crew of another ship that kind of wants to humiliate us. Well, maybe not even just the crew. It's, it's the rear admiral who's basically like, you're going to have to defend or do something. Yeah. You know, and you'll get your orders... And, you know, it's all digital and everything's going to be out there. So, you know, you're using digital marks and everything. Mm -hmm. you, you will be either the enemy or the friendly and you're no. going to have to take care of it. And I, I think that would be kind of a fun one, too. Yeah, that'd be really fun. So getting outside of the war games, uh, I think you could definitely do, you know, uh, like, again, considering this is a milk run, mm -hmm. just a little, um, 
I say one of one of two things, depending on the tone that your 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 uh, players want. Sure. Okay. If you're going to go a little bit more action, a little bit more militaristic and stuff like that, I think. Um, you know, getting getting raided by like some bandits or something like that is sure. always a good way to go. Um, where they've got maybe a small fleet of fighters, mm-hmm. uh, you guys can deploy your own fighters, or maybe they ambush an away team, and you've mm-hmm. got you know, if you don't have fighter pilots in your group, obviously, you sure, it's a thing. Sure. Um, maybe you know, you you set down for just a routine mission for like, you know, to make contact with a science outpost or something like that that sure. hasn't. You know, hey, well, while you guys are out, I know you guys are going out to the frontier, but while you're out there, can you check on Space Post 209, you know? You're literally just getting out their comms array, and they need some equipment. Yeah, we, we got we got some weird blips from them. Just make sure they're okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and you find out that, like, bandits have raided the place. And again, it's just, a like, a short little skirmish, mm-hmm. you know? Sets may- the tone of the space and, and what, what's going on out there. Maybe the crew's okay, maybe they're not, you yeah. know? But one way or another, it's a small incursion that mm-hmm. is in, in, a, in a very confined space, um, that doesn't spread into or link to anything else. It's its own milk run. Yeah. Um, you know, or again, if you're, if you're kind of doing this, the science thing, maybe, maybe they make contact with a science outpost and there's a, some sort of a, a anomaly to solve some sort of maybe an engineering problem. Maybe something is broken and their whole goal is to maybe fix their sensor array or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, depending again, like I said, on, on the tone that your, your players want to have. Yep. No, I'm, I, I like all of this idea, mm-hmm. and I, I think it fits the feel, it fits the beat, and it allows for a lot of adjustment based upon what the players create. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Would you be excited to play something like this? Yeah, I'd be down for it. Okay. I'd be down for it. I, I guess the last question I would throw into this uh, as a storyteller uh, is, and and this is something that just very recently came up in a discussion that I had today, was how do you, from the onset of this story... Set the pacing for closure. How do you set the pacing for closure? Which is something we don't normally talk about at the beginning of the game. I think I need you to define that a little bit so, better for me. So in in some cases, you don't... Th- you as a storyteller have an idea of the final battle, mm-hmm. right? But your players don't know what that is. I mean, sure, unless, sure. You, unless you literally land the dragon and be like, this is the dragon you're killing in meta... And it flies away. And you're like, okay, now we know what we have to do. We have to kill that dragon. Basil right. Deuce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, um, my thought is, is in something like this, it feels very sandboxy, like it's just going to go on forever. But sometimes it's nice to know that there's going to be a closure. And my thought is, is, is with this one, I could literally set it as a, uh, as a leave. Like, this is a, this is a, a one-year tour. Mm-hmm. And so there we go. There's our timeline. It's one year. Oh, I mean, if this is mission-based, I mean, the paladin of itself is going to have a mission, right? Go out to the frontier and do what? Right. Do your service and return. Yeah, like, exactly. And what's the, so, what's the tour of duty? It's six months on the on the front line. Great. You're, you, are, you are literally dropping in for this destroyer to replace it and a second one that's being mm-hmm. decommissioned. The new one's going to be coming out to meet you in six months. You will, you will glide with it for two months, you know, for, for refueling and stuff, and then you will return. There's your mission. Or, or if even, like, I mean, you know, you, you want this to kind of be the paladin versus, versus everyone. Right. You know, and that's why I think you could do that out on the front here. Um, like, is what I'm thinking is you, you, you kind of go mouse guard with it a little bit. Of like, oh, all of our, all of our, um, you know, resources are needed for whatever other plot contrivance is pulling them in one direction. Mm-hmm. 
but there's something going wrong in the exact opposite direction, this other frontier, and we don't have many things out there. We need you to be our sole presence out in the opposite direction from where all of the rest of our military is. Yep. We can't... You're not going to have any other support out there because we can't send any other support. Right. We're tied up with, I don't know, galactic war sure. or whatever. Civil unrest, on. whatever it may be. You, you, yeah. you make up whatever contrivance you want. There's yep. aliens or something and we're fighting them. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and so you're... You have to be alone out there. Mm-hmm. And then once, you know, you've got your build up to, okay, we, we went out there... Uh, maybe we find out that the the mission we were sent out to do, you know, there's a twist to it. It's um, bigger than expected. Yeah, the, the the bandits are more organized. Maybe they've come across some sort of an alien weapons cache or something like that. Now they've got, you know, plasma disruptor cannons instead of mass-driven, you know, bullets. Uh, and that's causing a problem for us because they can blow holes in our shields now or something. Yeah. And now we have to reassess. We have to, you know, whatever. But then we... We conquer them either through diplomacy or military might or whatever, mm-hmm. and we come home. Mission accomplished. Yep, that's that's your pacing. Yep, and and it's obvious. Yeah, it's it's an obvious line that is shown. Sure, and that's that. I always I, I like the idea of obvious lines for situations like this, so that people feel comfortable with where the end is. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, where where the end goal is. So okay, 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 okay sir, sir, okay. So, well, thank you, Rob. You're welcome. I, I, did you enjoy that? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope our audience did too, as well, to kind of tear through that a little bit. Um, so, what is your world and idea? Well, boy, howdy, I'll tell you. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go to space. Oh, did you go to space too? I did go to space Yay! too. Um, we don't do a lot of space. So. My scope is very different from yours. Okay. Um, so okay. I, I wanted to do something that um, that 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 I I hadn't done before. You know. Okay. And so as I was brainstorming this, I was, I kept thinking like, how do I come up with something unique? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I blend two genres together or three genres together <laughs> and make some Frankenstein's monster of space fantasy? You know. Mm-hmm. And like I, I I just got to thinking like, okay, well, what if I did like I I've never done a western story and I've never done a space story. I mean, other than like BattleTech, like, but I I didn't really run BattleTech. Um, like how do I how do I put western in space? Oh no, that's just Firefly. Okay. Uh, well, how do I do, you know, and I just, I combined about two or three things all in my head and I kept coming up with existing IPs mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do that. Um, and I started thinking to myself that like my strength does not lie in making things convoluted. My strength lies, as you so succinctly put it to me in one past discussion that forever lives rent free in my head, um, <laughs> That um, I am not the beef Wellington storyteller that layers flavor upon flavor upon flavor upon flavor in a forty-five minute contrivance of you know before it ever hits the uh, hits the oven of pre-prep. Yeah, you're not the Mezzamunia sword maker who does a thousand presses on a blade. Right. I am hammer go bonk. That's right. Okay? Um, <laughs> Big heavy thing. <laughs> I I am a st- I am my 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 cuisine is steak and potatoes. Yes. Steak is just a slab of beef. Mm-hmm. Potatoes are just tubers that yep. you stick in the oven for a little bit. Yep. But if you season them just right, if mm-hmm. you cook them just right at the yep. right temperatures with the right seasonings and, yep. and the right sauces to go with them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that, present them well. And that simple slab of beef turns into the best, 
thing you've ever tasted. It's a true meal. And that simple lump of starch mm-hmm. that you have pulled out of the out of the ground, mm-hmm. the pomme de terre, <laughs> uh, with the right amount of butter, sour cream, chives, bacon, a little bit of cheddar cheese. I shouldn't be getting hungry. Please continue. <laughs> becomes delectable. It does. And it that's does. where that's where my strength lies is All turning right. turning the simple into something exquisite. So tell me of this meat and potatoes. We're just going to space. Okay. So the 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 basis of the story is okay. that we are a deep space small independent deep space exploration vessel. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the feeling I want to go for is somewhere between Star Trek and Firefly. Okay. 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 I'm looking for the small crew of an independent vessel. Okay. Mechanics of maybe Firefly, maybe something along the lines of Farscape, though I'm less familiar with that property. Okay. I mean, Um, I can see it. I see what you're going for. But but that that sort of mechanic, okay. Little, little, Little ragtag, but mostly just light. Yeah. People doing multiple jobs. Yeah. Because... You don't send a hundred people on a ship. No, no, no. And again, it's independently owned. Right. So unlike your story, this is this is the story of uh, an independent owner and operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone owns the ship. Would it be one of the one of the players? Probably. Okay. Okay. Pro- probably the captain. I mean, they own the ship, and I'm doing that in quotes, as in they probably owe someone money for it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's that, that's um, the and, contrivance on that end of and it, that, and that may be the the main contrivance for why you make the certain choices. Is you know to maybe because the I don't want it to turn into like you know mech warrior mercenaries where the bank is constantly chewing on you and you have to make life or death you know choices on that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't want it to be that. I don't want that to be the driving conflict. It's it is the subtle hand on the shoulder of the entire party. When all else fails, why are we doing this? Cuz we have to pay off the ship and get gas in it. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Yeah. It's less the the ship needs to be paid off. It's we've owned the ship, but you still have to put gas in it and maintain it. Yes. And exactly. that is that is an ongoing cost. Um now where where the Star Trek aspect of this comes in is that um I'm also looking for again that sort of exploration style of play. Okay. Sure. Uh, I very much want, um, you know, to seek out new life and new civilizations, you know, etc. Uh, maybe not from the Star Trek aspect of every alien you come across is just a human in a rubber mask. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with Stargate Universe. Yes, where most people are human in, uh, in general. Well, no, no, no. Not the Stargate Universe as okay. in... As in the broad, you know, umbrella that, that covers the Stargate properties. Oh, sure. I mean the actual proper show, Stargate Universe. It was yes. short-lived. It only yeah. had, like, a season or two. Yeah. The They did encounter some aliens. They did. Yeah. Um, and none of them were, like, sentient humanoids. Um, I th- or maybe one mm. of them was, but they never spoke the same language. Sure. It was not at all like the previous aliens I've ever come across. Sure. And that was the big thing. Like, it, they, it was Alien with a capital A. Okay. It was strange. It was outlandish. It was like nothing we'd ever encountered before. Almost Cthulian. Um, in the sense I, that it's it's not weird and crazy, but weird in the, this is und- not understandable. Yeah, we, we can't conceive of this because it's another world and another civilization. And they've, they're have they not just humanoids in rubber masks that yeah. will mysteriously start speaking English to us right. in ways that we can understand. And now we're going to use this as a political metaphor. Right. You know? No, this is like, 
okay, so an alien virus is eating our science officer. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you do? Yeah. You know? Uh, and it's as simple as that, but it's also as difficult as that. Okay. You know? It, those are the sort of challenges I'm looking for. Um, I want to lean into the main conflict being interpersonal conflict on the sh- on, on the ship. Okay. Of you're all floating through space in the same tin can. Whether you like each other or hate each other, you are the ones you have to depend on each other with. Okay. Okay. So that's one of the major drivers there. But the other major driver is space does not care. Oh, okay. And that's it. Space does not care. It does not here for your survival. It does not want you to survive. It doesn't want you to die. It just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So so death is eminent. Let's say eminent. Now see, this is this is where So what mechanic system are we using? Let me let me ask that question. Okay, so there's three of them. Oh Lord. Well, no. It's it's all based on what the tone players want. Aha. Okay. okay. I figure we can either go okay. heroic and lighthearted. Which would be... Which would be Savage Worlds. It's something sure. I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's got the, the wild die as a mechanic, which makes you succeed more often than not. It's light. We can even play with the Heroes Never Die special rule if you guys really just want to tell a cool story of spacefarers okay. Okay. doing stuff, having adventures in, uh, out in the black. Sure. Uh, if we want to go a little more simulationist, a little more maybe gritty, mm-hmm. we could go with Traveler. I was literally going to st- thought that that was where you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's not a system I have a lot of experience with, but uh I'm sure by the gr- by the grace of Seth Skorkowski, friend of the show, <laughs> we can uh we can we can get through it. No, um I, th- I think it fits very well with uh with the design and what you're looking to do and the the general grittiness and and I would say unforgiving nature that space is. Well, don't go too far there because you haven't heard the third system. Okay. Mothership. Ooh. I mean, that's simple. Now, if you wanted to really lean into the stress mechanic of you are six people in a tin can mm-hmm. in the blackness of cold, hard vacuum space yeah. surrounded by goddess knows what alien viruses and mm-hmm. bleak rocks with no water or plant yeah. life as you're slowly starving. To, and like, yeah, we could play. We can play. We can play uh, Mothership. Yeah, I'd be more than willing to give that a shot and lean into the horror of space being cold and black and uncaring. Yeah, that definitely puts it in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let me throw some things out there. Um, you said you want to lean into the interpersonal conflicts. Um, Mothership doesn't, as a system, help you in any way with that. And understanding what this player feels or the direction that they're taking, um, so you're you're kind of left at a disadvantage there, except for what the players iterate to you. Sure. Um, some players are not very creative in generating those things, and there are some for, some systems that are more forgiving about creating bonds and secrets and things like that that mm-hmm. help with some of those leverages. Do you? What would you do for the players to help uh, alleviate some of the stress in? creating that during your session zero uh or lean into what you're asking yeah so i i I think um one of the big things i would i i I might give a try to Mm -hmm. is actually having everybody kind of create their characters in um in a vacuum 
Hmm. Um, in that you are not going to be able to necessarily discuss them with anybody else. Okay. Or at least, uh, you know, keep that discussion limited. Sure. Um, as it is a ship crew, mm-hmm. uh, I would like, and, and maybe maybe just by drawing them or maybe having people kind of sign up for them, like over Discord or something like that, have positions, you know, a ship medic, a pilot, an engineer, a navigator, a security officer, um, and a captain. You know, mm-hmm. that's six positions right there. Sure. Um, have everybody just pick one and just make a character. Sure. And that way, you don't know who you're going to kind of get stuck in with. Um, and so, therefore, you may just actually have personality conflicts, you know? Um, we saw this very much, like, in, in my current campaign, where, mm-hmm. like, you and that other character were just, like, instantly butting heads during the during session one. Yeah. Because you believed in the sanctity of life. They did not. Yep. Um. It would generate things like that. I, I worry that it would create tension between players, that's, though. That's the one thing that I was just saying, is that you're kind of artificially starting everything at a agitation point. Yeah, yeah. And um, adding to that. So, I mean, I, I guess the, the other thing is, I, I, I mean, trust your players. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to a certain extent, I mean, encourage them to work on bonds and such like that. So um, I would I would definitely say then part of your prompt needs to kind of address that component of it that that's that that's the meat and potatoes of the, the, the of the story, um so that when uh when the player when you're reading it to the players or the players are looking at it before the session zero that they know what they're getting into, um understanding that this is going to be more about that aspect of things because it is a big part of it that mm-hmm. it's that it's it is it is meant to be heroic but heroic in the sense that you are all forced and or or negotiating with each other to survive right right and create that and keep in mind that like interpersonal conflict is not something that needs to necessarily be a major driver mm-hmm. from the standpoint of I don't want every game session to be you guys just at each other's throats. Correct. Like, that's Correct. not. You still have to be a you know a, a, a cohesive ship crew. <laughs> There's only six of you, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so creating you know just just some some bonds and some flaws that may grate upon one another. I think this is another great system. Like uh, this is one of the reasons why Savage Worlds always comes to mind is because I think hindrances are just a great petri dish to brew that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, Your I agree. characters come with automatically, you know, tied in flaws that generate friction in the story. And from that, good moments happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, the the, the, the dependence on, on conflict like that will largely be dependent upon the tone we want to set. If we're playing Savage Worlds, hindrances are really all we're going to need. Mm-hmm. If we're playing Traveler... Um, uh, I don't remember if Traveler has its own system for hindrances or anything like that. I believe there are some, some in there. Because um, if I remember correctly, God, it's been a while since. I think since I, if I remember correctly, Traveler is the one with the um, uh, career. Yeah, the, the, the so that definitely in, complex career paths. There. Yeah, that that has a certain sense within it as well. Um, that's going but, to create its own level of conflict. But I, I don't, I don't ever want that to overshadow the whole like space exploration you know, part of it. 
You know, I don't, I don't ever want that to overshadow the idea that you guys have a mission. As, well, I mean, it's a self-imposed mission, you know, but to go out and uh, find interesting things out there, to to you know, chart uncharted parts of space, to you know, find black holes and you know, various other anomalies and whatnot, uh, to set down on planets no one's ever been on, grab soil samples and whatnot, you know. Um, maybe, you know, maybe there's other things out there. I don't know if we're going to include alien life or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. I feel like the image that I'm getting from this mm-hmm. is very much like the land run from St. Louis back in the day. I don't know. Uh, so uh, the the great gland grab. Uh, of of the United States when oh uh, yeah okay. when when people could basically rush out and stake a claim yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah I feel that there's a sense of that that would be really good for this story where it's like maybe the onset the inciting incident isn't something so it it puts it almost in the fledgling like the humanity hit a certain point where uh jump travel got like f- figured out. Mm-hmm. Figure out your contrivance. Maybe these the, the, these gates reactivated. Yeah, like someone did something. Some scientist, you know, g- give it a name. Figured out how to reactivate these ancient gates, mm-hmm. and now gates have lit up all over the place. But they're completely unmapped, uncharted. Nobody knows anything about it. And the, it comes right down to it: nobody has the immediate resources to do this. Instead corporations are trying to vie for that mapping and that information and they're willing to pay for data. Um uh, maybe, maybe. I I kind of had a different inspiration for it. Okay. Um my main inspiration was uh our our friends group yourself included used to play a lot of Elite Dangerous. Yeah. And um my favorite ship in that, and still to this day, my favorite ship is the Diamondback Explorer. Yep. Now, unfortunately, it was a one-seater. Yep. But, man, that thing was a jump drive with wings. Mm-hmm. And it was nice just to jump 70 light years at a time. Mm-hmm. 12 times in a row on its fuel tank. Yep. And then scoop enough off of a star to refuel it and do it 12 more times. Right. Now, in that setting, you have what's called the bubble. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially what's what civilized space is. The known civilized space. Yeah, known civilized colonized space. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just space stations, sometimes it's surface colonies, it's a mix of both, whatnot. But um, that's where your political influence is. Everything outside of the bubble is frontier. It's no man's land. Nobody owns it. Most of it is just dead rocks or whatever, but I mean there's 400 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy. Um. Even with multiple thousands of players making concerted efforts to make giant exploration runs and stuff like that, I think it's less than 1% of Elite Dangerous's map has been uncovered. Yeah. And there were moments where I was floating out in the black, somewhere near the Horsehead Nebula, mm-hmm. and uh, just thinking to myself, like, God, I wish someone were in this ship to share this with me. Mm-hmm. Just to set down on a planet and just look at this cool, you know, alien life with me just to experience this and, you know, venture out on our own. And I kind of, I don't want to do like the whole corporate overlord jump gate thing because that, no, I'm, I'm my thought... it's a, it's a tether, you know, I think the big thing I really want is a feel 
is that it is the six of you, and that's it. I was thinking more along the lines of where does the funding come from to go out and want to come back? Yeah, okay. I mean... Because I like the idea... Exploration data. Right, and that's my thought is, is that that's... That's it would sit within the layers of the prompt mm-hmm. that like corporations are paying hot top dollar to know what's out there so that they can go either get the resources or use that information or or just navigational routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is this a faster route to get somewhere else because it goes by this and this, which allows them to fuel, you know? You've got, you know, trip companies who want cool landscapes that they can take their visitors past, you know. So there's the the money side of it of, like, why are we doing this? And then you also have, like, just the science side of it of, like... I realize why I don't like your idea. Okay. Capitalism. All right. <laughs> so removing the capitalism. Mine is, a, mine is a story about freedom. Yours is a story about about capitalism. That is fair. That is fair. So, okay. Okay. Thank you for helping me work through that. But that's but that's what this yeah. is about. Yeah. Okay. And then expressing that within the yeah. plot so that when a player comes to you and goes, why am I doing this? It's because I want you to feel the joy. I want you to all have at least one – the one common thing that leads all of you together is you want to step into the unknown where no one else has gone. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All of you, regardless of why, like maybe you're running. Maybe you're, you're wanting to run out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're wanting to hide. Maybe mm-hmm. you just don't want to be around anybody, but you'll handle five other people, and that's okay. Yeah, sure. You know, but sure. whatever it is, you want to go into that black. Yep. F- as far as you can. That's the one key thing you need yeah. for your character. Is that blackness. Yep. You're like, you come back because fuel's nece- fuel and food is necessary. Or, or do you? Well, I mean, that all depends on what you find. Yeah, exactly. I you mean, know. can we live off these? I mean, technically, we could all become vegans. I need beef. Okay, I hate you because you're making <laughs> me go to a station. <laughs> like, but but yeah. that's the thing. There's there's your inner party conflict of like, hey, can't we just go get a box of strawberries? F you. That's 1,900 light years from here. Yeah, exactly. Grow them yourself on what? This paper plate? <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, hey, you know, I mean, an onboard hydroponics lab or something like that is Depends maybe... on how big the ship is. Yeah. And that's that's the other part of it is, is if you make the ship just large enough to be an exploration ship, not a survival ship. Yeah. Now you've now you've, you've got that tether where they kind of have to. Yeah. Like you yeah. can get oxygen. You can get fuel. Mm-hmm. You could probably even get water. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there's dry rations that even if you were in the blackness of space and couldn't even find something to eat, you guys could probably survive for several weeks on like munchy strips. Sure, sure, sure. But at the end of the day. You've got to come back because of something. Or your encounters are things like we're out in the blackness Mm -hmm. and we come across one other ship on long range sensors. Yeah. And they're a bit, they're a colony ship. And you're like, oh snap, you know what colony ships have, guys, right? Stocked galleys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody says something different. Right, right, right. Bathroom, right. a shower, uh, like girls, <laughs> girls. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, you know. But everybody has something different, and like you know, even. <laughs> I'm sorry, my 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 beloved, my 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 love of my life, the apple of my eye, posts in the live chat. Welcome to the beef station, meaty McGlizzy RZ zero four twenty. Oh jeez. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, what is the prompt now that we generate for this? 
Uh, are you asking me? Because I answered that one for you. So I would say, based upon what you're saying, is I would almost make your first statement a almost poetic. Okay. Because, again, it's very hopeful. So something like, in the darkness of space is the only place you find comfort. And through that, you've found five others with you. Your ship is your home. It is your job, and it is your tether in that darkness. This story is about six adventurers, uh, six explorers, who agree to scour the uh, the unknown paths of space outside the civilized bubble, searching for life, adventure, and unknown space despite their misgivings mistrust and misunderstandings okay okay rob rob okay because you're not saying you're 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 giving them all of the pieces that is the narrative you're handing it to them in a, in a, in a chunk i'm going to rephrase one thing okay and I, I really like your poetic opening. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I immediately went to Star Trek. Like, how do I open with a poet's quote almost? I would say the blackness of space offers you nothing. It offers you no connections. It offers you no hassle. <laughs> it It makes no demands of you. It offers you nothing. And allows you the freedom to make something. But the blackness of space also offers you nothing. It offers you no air. See, It offers you no food. It offers you no water. See, it, I, I, I immediately go to cinematics. It offers cinematics. you no warmth. Yeah. And so it is in the blackness of space that the only thing that you have is your freedom and the five other crew members of the hoplite. There you, know? you go. Yeah. And we go from there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that. I like that. Because, like... Because it's a double-edged sword at that point. Yeah. Of like, it's it's also this welcoming uh, tabula rasa that you can craft your own, your own story within, but it also offers you nothing to survive so, with. So, riddle me this to add on. Sure, sure. So, if we... I would say that, like uh, Mouse Guard... Mm -hmm. I would ask people at the beginning to put in what is your goal with this mm -hmm. adventure? What is your character's drive? Like your motivation? Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Have that big and bold on the character sheet. The um, One of my main goals would be with this story would be to have it be very player driven. Very much so. Um, I, I would not... I would go very light on plot. Mm -hmm. I would offer you guys problems sure i would not have solutions in mind necessarily mm -hmm. um i don't see there being a big over arc it's because there's nobody out there you know uh there's there's no evil empire to overthrow you're not trying to save the world it's not a story of get the MacGuffin to beat the bad guy there's nope. none of that nope. there's there's just the blackness of space and whatever complications and explorations and 
encounters you come across and what you as a crew decide to do about them and the story you guys want to forge on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think it, I think you, you give that, I think your, your initial milk run mm-hmm. uh, would probably be something that, again, opens up the doors to, to that exploration. Like, like maybe the first initial jumps are just that where it's just like we're going someplace specific one step beyond like you're putting your toe in the water if you will Mm -hmm. and seeing the horizon that isn't actually horizon right you you you're charting the edge of the map and because you're charting the edge of the map the riches that are there that are just off the edge are enticing Mm mm-hmm and that's what pushes it. So the milk run is that simple start point of like, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be like a corporate person that presents this thing to it. It could even be like someone who's just like, you know, who's a very, I see a very jolly down to earth belter kind of person who's just like, hey, I know you just got a group together, Captain, but uh, I kind of have an, a question for you. There's some guys that are saying that this area space is is completely uncharted, but there's at least a star out there to scoop from. I don't know why they're not doing it, but I got word that there's some decent, you know, decent rocks out there that we could get into. Mm-hmm. What do you say you go take a look for us? Stretch your legs a little, push that envelope. Yeah, sure. And you push out there. Some things happen. Some some moments occur. Turns out there is a ship that's gone out there before. Mm-hmm. Another mining vessel looking for rocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've become disabled. Yep. Not Nothing too critical. I mean, yeah. they're, the crew's not... Well, right. I don't know. Again, depending on which... How may, it feels. May, may, maybe if we're playing Mothership, maybe they are, you know, a very disabled ship and we're going to do an EVA in spacesuits into hard vacuum to mm-hmm. salvage amidst the wreckage of the no survivors mining vessel you know and and recover some things that you even need yeah or maybe if this is a you know and and avoid falling into the same fate mm-hmm. um maybe if this is a lighter hearted thing if we go with the savage world or maybe the traveler maybe they're they're just out of fuel yeah you know and they just they just need a little just let us siphon off your reactor. Give us a jump start, essentially, for like yeah, an we can, hour. And... We can drift to that star. Like, yeah, and, and, we'll, and we'll scoop from there. We're just we're just in the doldrums right now. Yeah. We just need a push. You yeah, know? we're getting we're getting pulled back toward the belt, and we in there we're just going to be dead like they are. Like, yeah, get us get us out beyond that. Yeah, even if it takes us a month, we got food and resources. Exactly. We'll you, you make you make some friends. They trade you some provisions as thanks, and, yeah. and maybe you... even give you a little data, and you float on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and and I think that's kind of a perfect thing. And then you you make it back, you do your dump, you get you get just enough for your fuel and a little extra, and you're like, you're like, hey, well, you stretch your legs once. There's always more to see. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys, you know, did admirably about there. Yeah. Why don't you take a look at this prospect for me too while you're out there? No rush. You can get back to me whenever you are. So if you're taking, you know, two or three other jumps out there, also, you know, yeah. But- Swing back this way if you give it a look. Yeah, and just have that touch base, mm-hmm. you know, that you've got a a reoccurring connection point, and then you can always bring others in, like a strange comm signal comes through. Yeah, exactly. And now you've got another guy who's just like, hey, I heard you guys might be out in this space. That's the spirit, yes. And now you you keep pushing the envelope, yes. you know, you yes. find probes and other things. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, I think that's a great way of doing it, and I think that creates a comfortable plot structure. Um. 
I guess the second question is, is how long do you feel that this would run? Oh, I can see yeah. this dying on the vine as time goes on. But... The, 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 yeah, the, the, the problem is, is that it, it, unless player motivation keeps it going, you know, and obviously I have to drop some things in there to give you guys complications to look into or mm-hmm. avoid or handle or whatever. Right. Uh, and whatnot. Um, uh, I, I think this one has a short shelf life. So I, I think we're just gonna we're gonna do a quick little run with it. Um, tell some little vignette stories. I see it being very episodic. Um, maybe twelve game sessions at the most. Okay, just enough to to have some fun, have some adventures, get some flavor, but then you know kill it before it gets stale. Yeah, I I almost feel like you might want to have the players create something about them mm-hmm. that creates their finish. So yeah, like okay. maybe one guy is just trying to, to just trying to hide long enough until like his warrant wears out. You right, know? right, right. You know, he's trying to stay in the dark of space, like back to Elite Dangerous, till like his numbers go back to if okay. I can make it to April eighteenth, twenty four, twenty four thirty seven. Right. I am golden. I'm golden. <laughs> you know, maybe somebody else needs money. Maybe somebody else is looking to find a specific thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh. Maybe maybe it's just paying off the ship. Maybe it's, you know, something else. But the idea is, is that you've got closings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and a reason to come back, even if it's not the whole crew, but it's enough that, like, hey, we're losing three quarters of the crew. And we're going to have to come up with a new crew. Okay. That's the end of the story when that happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I like it. Okay. I like that a lot. Feels feels good to to be able to walk through this. And I... I I'm going to say it. I feel like this is what I would like to I, – I would love to see this in the Discord more. I uh-huh. would love to see people workshopping and working through their stories like this where they're bouncing these ideas around. They're able to to be malleable and understanding and then post-Session Zero, as, com- as they see complications come up, like I could see a lot of lines and veils being generated and being questioned within years. And I think – one of the we we had one of our listeners put up a really good link to a document to that uh, that goes through lines and veils mm-hmm, you can present mm-hmm. to your players. There's been a number out there, but this one was very complete. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I thought it was a great way of looking at it. And I think things like that are necessary, especially if you've got dis disparate people coming to the same session. Maybe mm-hmm. they've been in other games, but maybe not together. That helps even it out and have check boxes instead of talking about it because yep. they may not feel comfortable talking in front of each other. But as a storyteller, having that come to the table, be like, Hey, I see here that everyone agrees that we will not eat babies. <laughs> right, 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 right. Great. Thank you. We're not eating babies on yeah. this one, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. Um, so I, I, I think those kinds of tools prior to the session zero help with being able to open those doors and talk about them. Mm-hmm. So no, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I like this. Yeah. I like this. We've got a few more workshops like this, uh, ideas uh, that we're going to be like doing different levels of, of this uh, coming up. So hopefully you guys enjoy it, too. Oh, we got to get to these questions. We have so. some good questions. Some, some of this are, are link back, so we'll we'll go through. Um, so Nevum has a bunch of questions, uh, starting with, how long should a session zero last? Until it's done, honestly. Yeah. I don't think there's a set time. I think you should try to keep it concise because people's attention spans tend to be kind of short but like in our session zeros we, we go through character creation and whatnot i mean they think mm-hmm. they're they're basically if they're a full they're a full day's session yeah um i would say at least from my perspective a session zero sh- you should feel as the storyteller that at the end of the session zero you are ready to write what you need to for your milk run yeah 
that you're you've got all the pieces you need, whether the players are completely done with their characters or not, I, I think can be done between that kind of stuff can happen, but that you feel that the group has a cohesion, that they understand the setting enough that you can run the milk run to, to get them comfortable into it. Yep. So however long that takes, yes, that's yes. how long it should be. <laughs> yep, exactly. And some, I will flat out say, I've seen people who've needed two session zeros because either people don't understand the system and they need a little more help with that, mm-hmm. or you're, when you per- presented with the players, suddenly the setting kind of shifts and you have to kind of come back at it with them and say, okay, let's try this a little differently. Yeah. And, and I, I think I think uh, there's also a variable sort of thing, like depending on how complex your ses- your your set your uh, your setting is. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, uh, Sean is running Nova Praxis, mm-hmm. um, where uh, honestly, I wish we had remembered that Altered Carbon was so close to his setting, uh, the show on Netflix, because uh, honestly, I'd have just told everyone to just go watch Altered Carbon. That's the game we're playing, and. You can a lot of the terminology is like one for one. Even they refer to them as sleeves. Mm-hmm. They call them stacks instead of mindsets. But that's sure. you know again, it's it's just a quick little terminology change, but it functions basically the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's it is a pretty complex setting. From, yeah. there's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of like technology that kind of changes how society works and whatnot. Um, but that takes a lot more time to kind of explain to people than, like, your soldiers in the Roman Legion. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that's the whole that's the whole pitch. Yeah. You know? And the other thing that I would say to that is, if you are doing a very sandboxy game, mm-hmm. where, you're, where your framework is way more open um, with how the, play, how the story is going to be presented... It does make it difficult stepping into a session zero because the players don't necessarily have a clue of what the direction is. Yeah. So now they're going to ask a ton of questions and it's definitely going to... I mean, that's how a lot of this went for me was that stepping in this is like, okay, so who are we in this universe? Well, you mm-hmm. can be whoever you want to be. Okay, that's that's not helpful. I need I need a little <laughs> bit of direction. You're, right. making, you're right. giving me a little, a little bit of anxiety here. Like, <laughs> I need a minute. I do the same 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 thing with open world sandbox video games. I avoid anything labeled a sandbox now, except for Minecraft. And even Minecraft, I play with mods that have a quest book in them mm-hmm. and a goal and a progression because you can do anything. Is ooh, ooh, ooh. that's too big? No. Yeah. So I coming with the more concise you come in with your story mm-hmm. to present it, and the the more you can get to your Star Wars crawl. That it's just a few few lines, yeah, allows the players then to step into the world and look around a little bit, but still have a focus point, yeah. And I yeah. think that always helps with creating cutting down the time on a session zero, yeah, because there's a lot less questions. But it's it is a lot more effort on your side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what topics must be covered in a session zero? Uh, the setting, setting mechanics, the mechanics, the rule system you're using, yep. um, the. the characters role in the story yeah who are you and what are you doing yep yep um lines and veils yep uh any sort of uh uh you know limits your your players have as far as the content of the game goes and and the basis of the story not necessarily how they interact with the story but like outside of the characters what is the basis of this story yeah sure what are what is the what is happening Mm mm-hmm you know, because 
there might be a lot of history, there might be a lot of events, but this is the point in time we're coming into What's... and where you where your where the characters sit. Yeah, the the, the core conflict, the drive, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I would say, lastly, the uh, uh, bonds between the characters is important to kind of at least get the groundwork for. A lot of that will happen organically during gameplay, mm-hmm. but who knows who who is whose twin brother, you know, uh who who went to the academy with you, etc. Where do you guys all know each other? Why are you a group mm-hmm. when we start session 1? Yeah. And sometimes the system will help you with that, mm-hmm. but more times than not, I think it's important that storytellers gift their players that initial thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So uh, how how do you incorporate session zero discussion in the middle of a campaign? For example, a campaign started a while ago without a session zero. Pauses are always necessary. Yeah. It's... I, it, just check. Do the same check. Is everybody having a good time? Do we need to adjust characters? Like, don't... <sighs> I hate reading DM Academy where people are just like, I have a player who wants to switch char- who, who wants to switch classes, and I'm thinking they should just create a whole new character at that level. Don't. Don't. Just, just let shift. Them, just let them change. Just change. There's there's literally nothing that's going to hurt anything. We we have changed iterations of our characters three times at this point mm-hmm. in my game. One because we started off in D&D 5th edition. Yep. One because we converted them over to Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. And one because after we finished your core, your short story arc, we respect our characters because mm-hmm. we didn't understand Savage Worlds going into it. Mm-hmm. And we all made blind choices. Yep. And so now that you've had a few game sessions, you understand your characters, fix what you don't like. In mine, we went from 3.5 to 5 to now stepping into uh, Blades, in the, Blades in the Dark. Yeah. So what what do you do in that instance? Well, but yesterday you could cast this spell, but no, suddenly, no. No. You could never cast that spell. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What happened, happened. Mm-hmm. And what goes forward, goes forward. And you just don't address the changes. Mm-hmm. If that person changes from rogue to druid, they've always been a druid. But he backstabbed. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what he did last last game session. Yeah. He there was a heroic fight and you won. And now he's a druid. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. it. That's yeah. all you need to address. If they want to do, if you want to do some story around it, by all means, sure. But the thing but is, you is that don't, don't make to. it a complicated thing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be complicated. Yep. So, and with session zeros, especially if you feel that it is necessary, if something tells you you need to have a session zero, have a session zero. Yep. Don't yep. don't wait. Don't pause. Go through that feeling. Be communicate with your players, especially if you think it's something like, hey. I would really like to make sure that we are all on the same page about the theme. Yeah. Because as a storyteller, you might be like, hey, I was kind of thinking this was not going to be slapstick, and you guys are trying to treat this like a slapstick. Like, I, when I presented the story, this is I wanted it to be really heroic, and, and, you know, you were righteous people doing the right thing. And they were like, yeah, but this is a lot of fun, and I kind of need this. Sure. And then you go... Okay, well, I got to do a little bit of rewriting, but uh-huh. let's. Okay, if everybody feels that way, let's go that direction. Yeah, it's a reset for you too. I uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to pull the uh, the heroes never die special rule. I wanted mm-hmm. to introduce lethality essentially into the mm-hmm. storyline, and uh, you guys were all like, "Yeah, not feeling it." I kind of mm-hmm. like I kind of like not necessarily being able to die mechanically mm-hmm. because it just takes that like. Uh, it turns it from a survival story into a character story when you don't have to worry about dying, you know? Yep. 
and we can focus on our characters and our characters' motivations and whatnot. And like, okay. It's, it's no longer tactical. I respect that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The hit points don't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's the it, it they do matter in the sense that it becomes tension, but not like anything more than, oh, I'm gonna go down. Okay, what happens next in the story? Right. It's I, I'm I'm more I'm more interested in the if you'll pardon the uh, the, the terminology because it's uh, directly applicable to your favorite game the dramatic wound yeah no I love that regardless yeah. regardless of the actual physical damage mm-hmm. like I'm not endangering your life but how does your character deal with the fact that they just got stabbed yeah yeah you know yeah I always I always find that interesting about uh, uh about D and D is hit points don't actually equate to wounds. They equate to the amount of stress your player can take uh, from in, in an aggressive way. Yep, it's combat endurance, mm-hmm. and it's actually only the drop, the, the 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 drop or the the hit that drops you to zero that is the one that landed. Right. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. Um. So Nifty Hat asks, uh, my group plays pickup games and works with limited time. Uh, what are some good strategies for streamlining Session Zero stuff whilst trying to preserve an inclusive table? Uh, I think one thing that worked very well for Sean when he was trying to get his Nova Praxis game together, because there was a lot of to absorb, mm-hmm. and he's got six players, I think. Six sounds right. One yeah. of them wasn't able to show up because, yeah. unfortunately, he got food poisoning mm-hmm. really badly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we've got six players in the game, so there's a lot to go through, a lot of characters to make, a lot of bonds to talk about, character mm-hmm. concepts and whatnot. Um, he kind of did his session zero in, like, little spurts, essentially, um, where he would get on Discord, mm-hmm. and whoever had time to just jump in a chat room with him mm-hmm. and just voice chat could workshop things he was constantly yeah. dropping drip feeding information out to us on discord of like hey guys look at this for inspiration hey guys look at this hey i put together a character guide read it over give it some thoughts so that you've got all this pre-work done before we go into session zero and i, I like that i think that's a, mm-hmm. a great way to do it i think the other way if, especially if you're doing pickup games um if if i'm reading that correctly in the way that i'm thinking about it um again having a very concise idea of your story so that when the players look at the crawl they know exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. and that way there's never a point of you know it cuts down the amount of narrative questions that come into play and then they they know the boundaries of their exploration that they can make with their character yeah Yeah. you know hey i need you all to have you know this is going to be a group conflict this is going to be an explorer's thing you guys all have you know hope filling your hearts uh, but you have contentions about each other and whether or not, you know, someone else can pull their weight, mm-hmm. you know, or, or be able to handle you or handle each other. Okay, great. You know, make sure that you've got goals and bonds with at least one other player in the group mm-hmm. and that you all respect the captain at some level. You may not outwardly respect him, but they're the end authority. If he says jump, you may not ask how high, but you're going to jump. You may bitch about it the whole time, but you're gonna. But jump. you're gonna jump, right? And yeah. and that's just the way it goes because deep down you respect the fact that the whole reason why you're here on their ship is the word "there" and "ship" are next to each other in sentence. Yep. yep, yep <laughs> so, yep, yep. yeah, mutiny is not an option. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a thing. So having that concise level instead of sandboxing definitely makes it a lot easier because then players can just ask the simple questions before you get jump you jump right into things. Agreed. Agreed. So Rook uh, is another one of our listeners and, and threw a couple questions in here. Thank you very much, Rook. Uh, is there an effective way to have a quick narrative choices presented in a session zero? To have quick narrative choices presented in a zero. Basic, basic choices to establish backgrounds but not utilize mechanics. If you've ever played Mass Effect 2 at the beginning of the game, it lets you simply choose some important narrative choices to establish a background even if you haven't played one. But something to that effect for a brand new story. Yes, actually, there are a couple systems that do this. Um, and I want to say... Oh, God. I know that there are at least two PDF books on uh, drive through RPG that I've seen that are, like, a dollar or, or, or something very small uh, that have... Uh, that are genre-specific, but not... Uh, but not setting-specific. Mm-hmm. And it literally is... It's not even a role. It's just a select... You know, select something from here, select something from here, select something from here. There you go. You're ready to go. And you... You could technically roll on it, but it's like you are, you know, if the... And the fantasy, it starts you out with, like, you know, where you're from, why you left, what is your goal, and that's it. There's your narrative choices, and you're done. And I think if you can keep it limited to those three things, um, you could literally just hand out cards to your players, you know? And I dare say you could even simplify it further than that, especially if you wanted to create a... A, a really thing, I talked to you about this once where I would say, you know, here are the defaults. Someone's going to be the jock, someone's going to be the nerd, someone's going to be the 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 the, uh, uh, the prep, someone's going to be the outcast. The goth. You know, yep. and, and, and someone is going to be the uh, sport. There you go. Here's your five characters. Everybody grab one. Who wants to be what? There's only one. Right. And then on top of that, someone's going to be rich. Someone's going to be poor. Someone's going to be the thief. Someone's, you know, so, someone's going to be like the 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 uh, the hoarder. Someone's going to. OK, now pick one of these cards. Mm-hmm. OK. And boom. There you go. Now you, you could have the prep who is also poor. You could also have the jock who is, you know, a glutton, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these things, because now you have feelings instantaneously ironed out and you could just have those as like drawing straws. Yeah. And I, I love those types of things, especially when, when you're doing something quick. So yeah, I, I totally think you could go with standard tropes, like just pick six standard tropes Mm -hmm. for characters, pick six standard, uh, failings for characters and, and present those and then let the players come up with their concepts that follow up with that. Because I think that alone would give enough narrative flavor to let them do the rest. Well, I got nothing to add. <laughs> so, that, was, that was a far more complete answer than I'd have ever given. Hey, it, it felt good to say it. So, no, great, the great, second great. Go one, off, man. You got a microphone. Yeah, I got a microphone. You don't. Um, the second one is, as GMs, what have been your greatest successes in running Session Zeros? Uh, I'm going to pause there for a second and think. Relaxed atmosphere with a quick pitch or some kind of flare hype up the story. What has gone well for you? Um, I I think I think the greatest successes I've had in running session zeros is uh, just that moment where 
your players get it. You know, you walk in, you walk in with a pitch because you as the storyteller are excited about telling a certain type of story. Yeah. Or, or running a certain type of system, you know. Yeah. And your players all come into it like just absolute babes in the woods, staring at you like, okay, what what are we doing? I'm interested. I'm interested. What is I'm, this? I'm here. Right. Obviously, I want to play with you, but like, you know, this is all this is all new to me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What's What's your vision? Where are we going with this? And you lay out your your pitch, mm-hmm. your Star Wars crawl, as you call it, and and uh, that discussion starts slowly trickling in of like, okay, I could play a character that's like this, and what if they've got this quirk or this motivation or something like that? And I, you get that one other player at the table goes, oh, oh, and if you do that, mm-hmm. and... And suddenly it starts cascading. Yes. You know, no, oh, it's... what if my character is your character's sister, you know, and right. and boom, 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 boom. And you get that moment where you as the storyteller sit back and it's like it's like being a chef and you've served dinner to your friends, mm-hmm. you know, and at that one critical moment where everyone's halfway, three quarters of the way through the meal, plates are kind of done, and you just sit back and you just look at smiling faces and bright, inspired discussion all happening, mm-hmm. and you're not doing anything. Mm-mm. Yeah. And you're just listening to everybody else talk about how great your game is going to be because all this inspiration is happening. Yeah. That's that's my success story. Cause when, 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 you, when you make that happen... You know your your session one's going to be great, yeah. or regardless of what happens further. Yeah, I will say one of the ones that I got to see from you was watching the turn from D and D to Savage Worlds and seeing the light bulbs come on in players who had never touched or seen the system, mm-hmm. like Vicky going turned on and like watching what her character could do. Yeah, watching a few of the other players like this doesn't matter anymore. Oh my god, this is so much nicer. Yeah, and just feeling the difference in the excitement. The crunch and, is gone. I yeah. can just do, do the thing my character does, and to be awesome at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of a thing. Um, I think for one of the ones that I had a really good success for was I w- when I was pitching my children of heroes to you guys. Mm-hmm. I gave you character sheets. Yeah, I, I started things out by giving you children because I was starting you off at the henchman level. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even legitimately a seven C game. You were all henchmen. Um. But I watched how quickly you guys took those sheets and made them your own. Oh, and yeah. that was wonderful to watch. What you gave us was mostly filled out character sheets and then told us we had an allotment of dots to drop onto them. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, firearms are rare but very scary in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm putting three dots in firearms right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. Everybody else goes to sword schools. I want black powder. Yeah. Yep. You know, and but just and that became the defining trait of my character, too. In many ways, it that happened for all of the characters. Yeah. Like it really did change everything. And but it also started you guys immediately talking to each other about your characters and where mm-hmm. who you were at the at the school, how you guys got to know each other, things like that. And it 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 was funny how quickly you were starting to create NPCs for me. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. well. And I could just sit back and I just kind of let you guys, and I'm making little notes and just accepting that this is the way things are going to go. And it was fun to watch that. Yeah. And it's those moments. It's when, <laughs> I I think for both of it, it's the same thing. It's when the game leaves your control. Yeah. 
when yeah. when it begins to breathe its first breath of life into the players and you can just sit back and watch watch the game be played in the session zero. Yeah. That's yeah. when you know you've got your moment. Sean, and I... Sean had a moment like that the other day too. He's, okay. He's, he's not here at, at a mic to, to, to say this, but I'm going to prop him right here. Okay. Where, okay. Um, he was, uh, I think he, he got done talking to you via discord or it was, it was maybe you or his brother or something like that. Um, who wanted to have a special discussion with him about their character. Cause they had some cool ideas that they come up with all on their own mm-hmm. unprompted by him. And he came out of, yeah, it was, it was his brother. And then he came out of, uh, uh, out of the computer room into the living room, uh, to see me curled up on the couch with the Nova Praxis book. <laughs> Yep. Going, baby, I can do all sorts of cool things with my powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him just, there was this moment where he just looked at me and, and he's he's not prone to crying, but like spiritually he wept a tear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was just that moment of like, I am so happy right now that like people are doing enthusiastic things about my game, you know? Yeah. He had that moment. It was great to see it. It was, yeah. it was so great to see it for him, you know? And you want that. As, yeah. a, as a storyteller for another storyteller, like, stepping into this, I want Sean to have a good experience as a storyteller. Yeah. I want him to learn. Because every story is a growth. He's like, are... he's like, I feel like Rob is getting frustrated. I'm like, no, but, but he's asking questions, you know? And yeah. he's like, no, I know I can... <laughs> I just don't want him to be frustrated with the questions is all like, no. but he's, but he's asking the questions because he's interested and he wants to, yep. you know, yep. he yep. wants to be into this. It's, yeah, it's so. one of the hardest parts of, about being a storyteller in another game. Like, yeah. um, who, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but it was one of the, it was a, it was a short on YouTube that was a much longer discussion. Um, and, uh, uh, he was saying, uh, like, you know, just, you know, create whatever character you want. Like, no, tell me about your story. I <laughs> yes. want to be in your story. I think it was Brendan Lee Mulligan. It was. It was, it was, like, it was. He's, he's, he's very much like us, where he's like, yeah. because he's a storyteller, because he's got dozens of characters just living rent-free in his head at any given yeah. time. He's like, I, look, I can pluck a character out of nowhere to fill whatever gap in your group or your story needs to be there. Well, I don't even think it's a gap. I sometimes, I just feel that, like, sometimes, like... I want to be in your story. I don't want to be an edge or an outlier. Well, right, right. Yeah. But, what, what, but what I what I mean is, yeah. like, is there is there a theme that yeah. you want to be in your story that is not being expressed with the current cast of characters yeah. that I could make that would have complications with that particular theme and allow you yes. to explore it? Yes. You know? Yes. That, and that, that you know? Like, let, let me grind a little bit here and, and smile. Like, no, no, just make whatever right. you want. Shut up and tell me! Sean <laughs> like, really wants transhumanism and, that, and that, that question of, like, what is the human soul? What is the nature of being human and a living being? What does that mean in a world where our souls are digitized and we can wear whatever body like a sleeve that that we want or not wear a body in my character's case, yeah. you know, try to avoid your body at all costs. What What is that? And so like I, as a transgender woman am, am thinking to myself, like what would a future for someone like me be, you know, mm-hmm. someone who does experience, you know, uh, a, a good amount of like bodily dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatnot, what, what is in a world where you're, where your psyche is disconnected from the flesh that it is attached to. What of that trauma do you bring with you, no matter what body you're in? What is your relationship with even having a body to begin with? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What's, what is your connection and how much are you willing to sacrifice right. of that connection? Right. 
So, you know, I, I it's it's making a character that asks those questions and maybe carries some of that baggage and has her own, you know, her own friction within within that world. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 explores those those themes. Yeah, and and meanwhile, like we we've got a cast of people mm-hmm. who are all along different edges of that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's neat. Like I could easily see it, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see this. I see this. I see this. I see that. Okay, okay. We've got all of these pieces. Let's see how we can play with this. We've got we've got uh, the Mad Elves character who uh, is uh, he wanted to explore what. Um, existing as you know in in that sort of sim space was like if something malfunctioned with Mm -hmm. it uh and his character was like eternally on fire for 50 years in virtual space Mm um uh we have another character elamay's character Mm -hmm. uh who um was an instagram influencer essentially before before going into cryosleep and then when 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 we we kind of woke up in the future said oh wait a minute i can have whatever body i want i will take seven yes yes. (laughs) one for every day of the week yeah do they they come in a multi-pack one for whatever mood that strikes my fancy yeah and what does it mean to Mm -hmm. just be able to change your skin like your clothes yeah we've got um uh Sean's brother's character is is very much of like, oh wait a minute, my body can be a mutable machine that is that can be custom built to do a variety of tasks. Cool, I'm in. Here's my job order, and right. built it like a computer off of Newegg. Yeah, you know. And then, what does it mean to take care of that? And what is? Yeah, exactly. Like, how far are you willing to ship yourself? And then there's the bond with my character. My character did not want a body because of crippling dysphoria as a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um. And just does not like being viewed by people because that's a major trauma trigger for Mm her um, that never ended well for her. We show up in the future and there are – well, okay, transphobia is pretty much gone because, you know, gender is meaningless in a world where you can wear different bodies like sleeves. But purism became a thing of like are you digitized or are you your original flesh and blood meat? And that became a thing and since she's not, there's a new brand of – you know, yeah, and there's laws against not being in a sleeve. There's there's a new brand of, of transphobia. It's just, are you purist or are you, you know, yeah. or are you digitized? And yeah. so it's like same hate, different day. Yeah, for her. So she just has a bond with James's character, who's like, can I just live in your head and just no one will ever talk to me or make me have a body or anything like that. Yeah, and he took her in like a stranded kitten. Yeah, you know. I'm still trying to figure out what my character's transhumanism is, like what where he sits. So it's going to take me a little while to figure. I don't think we need to workshop it right now because there's a lot to go after. And you know what? I don't think you need to. Mm-mm. There's enough on the table already that yeah. if that's not something that's important to your character's story, I don't think it needs to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but it's it's good to see that there are all these all these yes. layers to it already coming out just from the session zero you know yep. we haven't played a single session yet no no it's wonderful it's great and that's what you want you want the story to slightly slip away from you yeah yeah and enjoy that slipping it's, and that's a hard thing to enjoy sometimes as as the storyteller that's kind of what you because because during your session zero like you you put out your pitch but what you get back from that is a cast of characters that all bring their own baggage with them, mm-hmm. and it's from that baggage you plant the seeds of your first plot. You and by the way, hang on to that baggage very lightly because it can change at any moment. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right, all right. We have gone so far. We over really have. What we usually do here. I will say this: we have kind of an exciting thing for next week's topic. 
even though we're just doing a system spotlight, we are doing a system spotlight that literally is kickstarting the day before. <laughs> we have Nations and Cannons, which yeah. is uh, the year is 1776. The British are coming and the Continental Army is calling for heroes to win the day. That is that is what this is about. This is the this is the opening mm -hmm. of America in a historical RPG where you're in a cast of your 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 players are in a cast of heroes of the time working through all of what is going on and through those moments in history. And I look at this and I was like, first off, I've never done historical RPGs. I never sense. have either. The I'm closest excited, I've gotten yeah. to 7C, which kind of does that. Mm -hmm. Like the plots are there. Um, but to to have this historical kind of red coat thing, I, I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. And it's a 5th edition yeah. supplement. So it's using 5th edition rules. And it's got black powder, which people ask for all the time. Like, right, how can right. I bring guns into 5th edition? Take a look at this. Right, Like, right, get exactly. into this and get a feeling for it. And the Revolutionary War is not a setting you see all the time. So no. It's, you do not have the market saturation of, you know, Definitely a lot of the settings. Not. Yeah. But it's funny that this is, this is the inception. This is where tabletop game came from mm -hmm. was historical miniature combat and having the story behind it. Feels like a return of roots, yeah. I know, I love it. Yeah. Lastly, Pat Mooney is going to join us, the creative director. That's great. So we're going to have a guest here talking about it. You'll be able to ask questions. He's currently in our Discord uh, as well. Uh, by all means, please ask questions and get yourself in uh, for next week. Uh, if you can, uh, throw some questions in our... I'll get the questions thing up quickly so you guys can start throwing questions yep, at yep, it. Yep. But we would love to be able to have a lot for Pat and a lot of excitement uh, so that we can uh, enjoy next week's show. I, I expect it to go along with, with the way we're going to discuss this. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see it, and I'm very excited for them to get this released. So all right, and uh, before we uh, before we wrap up, just one again, uh, just a big shout out to our sponsor, Sons of the Singularity. Yes. Uh, looking forward to the uh, the Blessed and the Blasphemous Kickstarter starting. Go up in the give next it a look. Uh, we'd we'd love to uh, have you guys grab the links off our site. You'll be able to get to uh, the Kickstarter there and uh, give it a follow at the very least. Check it out, see what their offers. I think you'll be very happy with what you'll see. Absolutely. All right, you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave on Instagram at st underscore conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller Conclave. And uh, once again, join us up on our Discord. Uh, you can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who support us every single month, especially our name members, Knox in the Pox, Sedjet, Sam, The Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, Hulavu, and Sean. We truly appreciate all your support. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find them at Patreon.com slash Arcane Anthems or on Instagram. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or in Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Mater Machine. You can find them at freemusicarchive.org. And a big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. All Thank of our you. friends who've sat with our tables over the years to give us these great stories to share with you and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you guys so much. Love you guys. Good night. Good night.